Gary, how's it going? Well, my friend, how's how are you? I am honestly incredible. That makes me happy. I am beyond amazing. I'm, I'm on this uh, 21 day Deepak Chopra abundance meditation and it's life changing. Good for you. You know, um, should we dive in? I would love that. Yes, done and done. I want to welcome back um, Gary V, aka Vaynerchuk, back to the In My Fields podcast. Uh, an incredible entrepreneur, you know, New York Times bestseller, author, speaker, internet personality, businessman, honest hustler, music fan, investor, you name it, he, he, is, he is that. Um, so how we usually start is uh, th thoughts, feelings, um, emotions, beliefs on the inside, create your outside exterior, Gary. So how are you feeling right now in this moment? Grateful. You know, I... Um... I'm feeling very grateful. Uh, I'm feeling optimistic. I'm feeling motivated. Um, patient. I'm feeling patient. Uh, I'm feeling curious. Curious comes to mind. Happy. Good. Good. Is there ever times when, when you're not those? And, and if so, how do you best deal with them? Yeah, things pop in, you know, things pop in. I, I, you know, as now that I'm 45 and know a lot of people intimately, I've come to realize a lot less often than most people. You know, I do think gratitude and optimism, um, accountability. Yes. You know, tenacity. I call it goat thinking, right? Gratitude, optimism, accountability, and tenacity lead to a very good framework. Yes, the, the remix um, version. Yes, um, so when I get upset or feel down, you know, here are the things that happen. Uh, I'm like a very good fighter. One punch to the face, never. One tough thing in business, my day to day, never. Loss of a big client, um, great person quits, um, an HR headache that I'm upset about, people not being nice to each other, uh, a million things that happen when you're an entrepreneur with 2,000 employees, never. Six beautiful shots in a row. You know, if you think about what Buster Douglas did to Mike Tyson in that round, those were six clean shots in a row. I go down, right? And so I, um, when that happens, or once in a blue moon where I wake up and I'm not in the best mood, mainly normally historically on just probably fatigue, even though on the record, because I, you know, I think I get labeled un, uh, unfairly around hustle porn. I, I'm a, I've been forever talking about seven, eight, nine hours of sleep. I, I get, I, I fight for sleep more than anything, but I fight secondarily to be productive while awake. If you have big ambition, yes. So that's the nuance. Nonetheless, um, sometimes I wake up. I always go to the same place: gratitude and perspective. Yeah. It's fine. I, I, I sorry. immediately go, I'm sorry to, I'm sorry. Let me just get this context for you to build on. I go into, yes, I might not be in the mood to work or yes, somebody might be sick or, or a, a child might be stressed or a dad might be upset, but damn it, everyone's actually alive and healthy. And like, you know, and so I very much go to that end of all places of health and, you know, happiness, health as happiness, excuse me. And so 
that usually shakes me out of it. Like I basically go into, yeah, but if this wasn't going on and I got a phone call at three o'clock in the morning while I was sleeping last night that said X, Y, Z atrocious thing happened, would I be happier? Of course not. And so that keeps most things in very deep perspective. Absolutely. It's, um, it's funny you talk about sleep because that was actually my next, next question. I mean, I used to struggle with sleep um, to a point, you know, that it would be very on and off and then it would affect my day. And this is the, 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 I'd like to, you know, speak from a place of the difference between activity and action. So, you know, action is like, I'm hungry. I'm going to go get some food. That's a spontaneous action. Activity is I'm not really hungry, but I'm nibbling at food. You know, like the activity of, of say washing dishes 100%. is a chore or the action of washing dishes is actually feeling the warm water, the bubbles, hearing the water go down the sinkhole. The difference is you become it rather than just, you know, just are, are separate from it. I like that. Uh, and I think, I think as I've started operating like that, my energy levels have gone through the roof. So even like speaking with on a podcast is speaking absolute truth with full action, not activity, not just, you know, mumbling or speaking some things. Um, and since I've started doing that, I mean, I'm in bed literally because, you know, I have a 14 month old. I, I go to bed at 8, 8 p.m. I do my 15-minute meditation. I read constantly. There's no TV. There's no distraction, no phones. And, and, I, and I sleep. And it's only I, I would, by the way, weeks. I would, I would argue reading is far more of a distraction than people. People put reading on a pedestal and TV and phone on a mm-hmm. negative. I don't think it's stimulation because I'm sure you agree with me as a reader. You can get plenty stimulated while reading. 100%. Yes. I, I actually think it's peace of mind yes well there's, friend, actually, there's I, actually no such thing as peace of mind peace of no mind fair because, enough because when you have mind there's no peace so for me whether it's that context or juxtaposition whether it's ambition balanced with complacency of happiness and acceptance i always sleep well and have because and the only times I don't is when I'm anxious. It's not super complicated. And I've had a couple of major things in my life through the years that have made me anxious and I don't sleep as well. It's not super complicated. Mm-hmm. And so um, that makes a lot of sense to me. And I think when you were just talking, and this has always been a big thing for me, I love my process. When you were talking being, right? The water, like that's the only thing I've ever done. It's why I've been so specific is the word I would use. Such a bad student when I'm not a dope and I could have easily done it. But I had so much conviction in the passion of my process that I was willing to punt school to work on my skill of observing people and doing entrepreneurship, whether that was baseball cards or reading sports card magazines or reading wine magazines when I got into wine. I've I've always been so into the process of, I enjoyed and continue to enjoy when I'm underestimated and not paid attention to far more than the alternative. Mm-hmm. I get great pleasure out of the early days of Wine Library when nobody knew who I was building, building, I'm a builder, yes. building that business. I don't need the accolades. I don't need the attention. I don't need the trophies. I don't need the money. I need my process. And I think that's what you're referring to. And when you're about the process versus what, what the process gives you, I think the relationship changes dramatically. I think that's a different, I mean, me, because following you, I, I, it's not about the things that you do. 
is how you do them for me. Because I'm a studier of people too. So, you know, you're reading a documentary and I know, you know, everything around you, I already know that's your thought process because it's the law of attraction. You are the magnet to that. Um, and then seeing you, the way you do things is you very much lead with the heart. And I understand, yeah, we think with the head and all that type of stuff. The head is in the past. The heart is in the now and the future. And I study you and I see that in every single thing you do because you lead with the heart. Thank you. Because this goes back to gratitude. You know, you can't imagine what that feels like for me. Just hearing that. I, I think humility, you know, I think I'm, I think I'm extremely misunderstood by a lot of people. And, it, and I, I, I actually weirdly enjoy it. Not because I'm like evil to myself, because it educates me. It, 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 it's, an, it's a thesis in what I believe, which is communication and context are everything. And so, you know, I think um, my energy, my natural communication energy easily disguises a lot of things I'm up to. So when I hear you say that, you know, I'm flattered by, because I think you have to do a little bit, you have to spend a few seconds on it because I'm not a very easy read, <laughs> yeah. right? Yes. Um, and I don't know if that was your experience, what you first felt. Yeah, as, actually, this could be fun for the audience. Do you recall the first time you came across me? Do you have a recollection of what your hot take was? Because, because I do think I, I invoke very opposite reactions the first time someone consumes me. You know what it is, is you put the power back to the person asking the question. And I think that's what drew, drew me to you because we are... You know, this is why I do this podcast, because, you know, your thoughts, your emotions, your beliefs, your expectations, your negativity, your positivity, that defines your whole existence. And I, and on a spiritual, practical level, I'm a spiritual, practical guy. You know, my mom was a single parent with five kids. I knew about the hustle. I knew about all that type of stuff. The only difference is the hustling on the street and hustling in business is the same thing. It's just you're communicating differently. Yeah, the emotion and the feeling is still the same. But now I've dropped the notion of how the fuck am I going to get there? And I know it's going to come. Right. And, and what's even more fun, and this is how it's always been for me, is it's going to get, it's going to come as redefined. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, when people were listening just now and I'm getting goosebumps through this interview, which is fun. That means I know we're hitting on something. Success or what's going to come legacy or have it is always the byproduct, but if you can really get to the place of, to your point, believing that truth, well, then you get to become the person who defines that truth. You know, I, you know, I, I often say like my ambitions are to be one of the great entrepreneurs of all time. And I, I get met by a lot of my friends and definitely by the comments section of social media with incredible amounts of resistance of no around, well, you know, Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk and Oprah, are gonna, they're going to make more money. And I'm like, you've defined the greatest entrepreneur based on money. I've defined, for me, the greatest entrepreneur is the one who, A, because I agree at some level if you're going to say that, you know, you can't say you're the greatest singer of all time and not have a Grammy or a hit singer. Like, there is market dynamics that you have to respect. <laughs> and I respect that. I think I will be financially successful enough to get into the debate when my career is over. Comma, I don't see anyone as passionate of giving free game at scale on a daily basis and really meaning it in the macro and the micro. And I believe that. I don't know what else to tell you. Like, 
Yeah. I'm very busy and my time is extremely valuable. When I do this podcast again, I do it because I like you and I'm cheering for you. And I, and, and I appreciate I'm, I'm, I'm being very, I'm being, Lou, I'm, you know, yeah, I'm being very frank. I'm not unaware that there are going to be new people listening that didn't listen the first time, or maybe I say something a different way and they've come into this not liking me, but they love you. And they're like, wait a minute. You know, I know that, but I also know that a fresh interview with me gives you leverage to get the next get. Like I'm aware of that. And so to me, that defines me as a great entrepreneur, somebody who's trying to put other people on in all his activities, whether that's financially, whether that's giving something, you know, I'd rather give you $10,000 in cash for this podcast than be on it for these 45 minutes because I can do more with that money. Like, so sometimes it's money. Sometimes it's time. Sometimes it's a public cosign. I'll give you another thing. Sometimes it's already happened with you, for example. Sometimes it's saying something behind the scenes when someone's debating to do this or not. And, I, and I'm just using you. We've interacted so little. This happens to me times 100,000 yeah. a month. Yep. And I think good intent, karma, caring about others, self-esteem and self-confidence that you can get yours without tearing anyone else down gets you into a place where you want to build everyone else up. You know what? They, they, they see, I, I see beauty in that. You see, because the you know was buddha an entrepreneur yes i think so was jesus yes any any spiritual leader who again as i said i fully believe that who lead from the heart and you know and then like you said you you know the accolades thing and all that type of stuff that's 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 acceptance we don't need that you know it's like for example this podcast i do you know an episode with with guests who who inspire me and then i do an episode with guests who send me like really heartfelt courageous messages Mm about their personal lives, about, you know, I had someone on last week who wanted to move to LA, told his mom he was moving to LA uh, seven months ago, uh, his brother's ODing in the bathroom, like courageous. I, like I couldn't say that at his age to anyone, if even though a bunch of those things happened to me. And I was like, well, would you like to talk about it? And he was like, oh my God, I would love to. And we spoke it down, we broke down. And you know, he, his mom made him feel guilty about him moving, even though he's trying to support mm-hmm. her and everything else. And I just had to say, look, until you can actually physically help yourself mentally, you can't really help anyone else. Not, you know, it's the same thing for me. Like I have niggling negative, like I did the 21 day on day six of this meditation of abundance. There's some people who don't have, who don't live in abundance. They live completely shut off and their life is exactly that. And I try and tell them, step out of yourself and study your life. You're exactly where you're supposed to be based on who you are. And accountability. 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 That's what it, and, and accountability think, is the key to the unlock of happiness that nobody wants to use. Yes. Because they don't like the short-term pain of accountability without realizing the long-term happiness that it brings. Yes. And I think that's what in, uh, uh, made me, you know, listen to you. And it, it was giving that back to the person and them questioning, being like, oh, shit. Yes. And then seeing their reaction and seeing this whole shield well, that's right. on their body. That's right. What ends up happening with me because of what I do, it's like a mirror with pressure. And the reason a lot of people don't respond well to me is it's manifesting someone in them that they're not happy to expose. They don't want me poking at their zit. Yes. Yes. And it's, it's funny because I know like I, I can imagine that your mind is always busy. It's always on to because that, that's, that's who you are. Yep. This is your life. Um, I read a book talk, uh, uh, which was about speed. 
And, you know, we're all busy. You know, my, my, I was reading my daughter a, a bedtime story and she was like, again, again. And I was like, baby, I really have to like, <laughs> I, I've got, I've got things to do. I love you, but you need to go to sleep. And then I, I started reading this book. Books come to me like that. It's not really a, me searching. It's kind of, they come to me when I need them. And I needed that because the guy wrote the book because it was the exact same situation. And he was like, what am I actually doing that's in a rush? Right. He, it's, it's prioritization and selfless, selfish. I think about that a lot, you know, and, and you have to be okay. You know, I also think you have to be careful not to overjudge yourself. It is okay to be looking at your phone around something you're doing in your life at the expense of your young child who just wants your attention. Now, it's not okay to do that for a sustained period of time where you now have neglect on your child. But I watch parents go the reverse, my friend, where they like beat themselves up for a 40 second lapse. And I'm like, what are you doing? Why are you? And, and I think it's back to finding that balance because I think you're right. You know, you want to get something on the podcast, prep for a podcast, and you're like, wait a minute, I should sit 16 more minutes with darling. This is something I'll always remember. Plus I'm putting deposits in, in a relationship I'm going to care much more about than if I did a solid interview with Gary V. Yes. I think that's absolutely right. I also try when we talk about things like this to bring up the counter, like I just did, which is like, and sometimes it's okay to be selfish for your own ambitions and your own process. Find your balance. Make sure you're not consistently doing one end or the other. Yes, absolutely. That's why now I have the, I have the nanny in four times a week. And during those, the other three days are completely dedicated to her. So are evenings. Awesome. Um, because I understand the power that I have. So, and also now I know that raising my daughter brings me abundance. In, in a sense where I'm my own social experiment. So I've, I, haven't, I wouldn't say I've removed myself from, from, from society, but I've removed the distractions, the activity from my life. So that I, everything now is key and I know exactly where it's going. I think it's a super interesting thing. I've, I've said a lot, and I don't know if you've heard this, but it seems like you might have. I talk a lot about living in a cocoon. Mm -hmm. Like if you, if you go to the, if you go to search.garyvaynerchuk.com, I have a search engine. If you search cocoon, you'll be stunned how often I say that. And that's what you just said. I believe so much of my happiness has been living in a cocoon, which is wild because I also think I'm an incredibly successful voice of the current. Yeah, you're a people person. I'm a people person. So I know what's going on. I'm not affected by what's going on. I know what's going on on Clubhouse. I know what's going on on VR. I know who's popping in hip hop and in sports and in influencers. I know what's going on in geopolitics. I'm like really awake to so much, but completely detached from. Yes. And that, that, I, that's beautiful. I fucking love I that. I think Deep. so. You see, um, it's the same thing. Like, a, you know, when you focus on poverty, it brings more poverty. What we need to focus on is the solution to poverty, whether that's education or schools or, or jobs or curriculum or anything. There's so many different things like COVID. I'm not consumed by it. I know that it's going on in the world and everyone who's consumed by it is affected by it. What's my solution to it? I can help people financially. I can, you know, educate them on getting their mind right. I can send them mindful meditations. I can have them you know, put their mind into thinking about health or better health instead of, you know, because for me, you know, I know, again, I'm practically spiritually, but illnesses and are, are physical manifestations in the body, which to tell you to stop doing what you're doing emotionally, physically, 100%. environmentally. I believe in that. So, so that's, Look, kind of I believe in math and 
and art. I believe in black and white and gray. I think the reason people struggle with a lot of what we're talking about here when we go into this realm is because they choose sides. Yeah. Steve Jobs, and I don't know all the details, do I believe that you can just sit there and will it mentally? Sometimes. I really genuinely, like, I don't know what, I'm sorry. I'm on the record. Sometimes I believe the brain can. Do I believe that's always the answer? No, I do not. I think sometimes math is a good answer. You got to figure out when and how and what, but once we become a culture of and versus or, this is a very big point of mine in general. Something I'm going to be talking about more because I just unveiled it a little bit here with a little more oomph. I say it a lot, but I'm starting to really get it. I'm like, wait a minute. The reason so much works for me is I live in and, and all these people want it to be or. They're so obsessed with it to be one or the other when it is always and. You know, even if you think about our religious divides, our racial divides, our social divides, our country, you know, America has a racist, you know, uh, Europe has an anti-Semitic issue, like, you know, right? Like, yep. it's because of or. Yes. Yep. Why can't it be and? I think, I think that my, my perspective of how I live is I don't know shit about anything. And there's Maybe. beauty in that. The old me used to fear the unknown. Now I fucking love it. I'm welcoming it with open arm. Bring it because I don't know anything. This is great. And I think it puts you on a level plateau of being. I, one of the things that I do worry about, like uh, being transparent is I get mad when people think I'm egotistical because I'm so conviction oriented. Yeah. Because really, if you asked me, what, speak about traits that got you here, I would argue humility is at the top. Humility. Humility and patience, yet I seem frantic and borderline egotistical on almost every video clip because I'm passionate, conviction, and I'm fast. Mm -hmm. So my human manifestation of communication style is one thing. My actions as a human are completely the opposite. See, I, I don't see that because, but then again, I read but, yeah, you're, I, you're, and yeah, outside, you're, you know, I... I I, you don't lead with ego. Otherwise, you would attract egotistical situations to you, and that's just not who you are. You're uncomfortably thoughtful on this issue, my friend. I mean, I think, but, I think you could, no, no, without, yeah. you know, without you being humble or like me flattering, like, I think you're pretty aware that you come at it a little bit different than the masses. Yeah, yeah. Luck, luckily, luckily, I think I'm also interesting enough that makes people look a second or third time. And most people are intuitive enough that if they get enough context, they're like, wait a minute, you know, nothing's, I mean, I, and I also probably in a weird way manifest a little bit of the underestimation. I do think I'm extremely attracted to the underdog situation because of all my circumstances. And I sometimes wonder if I a little bit, like, for example, you may know this since you consume me, you've got a lot of context. My team is so frustrated that I don't talk about being smart. <laughs> the number one conversation with my inner circle in my content is you don't tell people you're smart and i rebuttal with how is that going to bring anyone value mm -hmm. yeah yeah and they have gotten smarter in the rebuttal which is like hey that validation might help you affect more people and then you start having the game of who do you get who do you don't get like and you go through that whole thing but you know i get it and I think you're right, but I also know that most people can't see that. Yeah, yeah. And I, I don't think you need to say, I mean, you know, I never went to school. I know you didn't. So my, I, I never believed I was smart because I didn't have the accreditation up until a certain point. And I was like, actually, same. same. You know, 
What does smart mean? Experiences wait you a have make why? you intelligent. Yeah, of course. Wait a minute. Yeah. Why did? Why was I successful, both financial and happiness, yeah. a lot more than almost the rest of my high school combined class? You know, like you start getting more thoughtful and wisdom oriented. You start realizing the framework of life is different. You start building on that. Yeah. So in terms of like, you know, during this whole time period, you know, since, I mean, to be honest, like during this transition from March till now, it's been, you know, I don't know what's going on in the world. I, I don't consume myself with it. I just know I can help the people around me and, and then we rise together. Um, how have you adapted as a person mentally, business wise, or should I say transitioned during this period? I mean, because you're pretty online anyway. So I feel like, you know, you would have, could have just taken a step forward or, or whatever. How have you transitioned as, as a person, as a human during this time? Um, I've taken advantage. It's a great word. With, yeah, I've taken advantage. I, uh, I've been the kind of person that always loves Christmas break because everyone else is off too. Me too. Me too. That's the cool. only time when I, no one's trying You're to contact super me. Relaxed, yeah. yeah. So knowing that everyone else was in COVID too was very good for me. Mm -hmm. And I said, you know, I'm going to spend more time, you know, with my family, see my parents so much more. I'm going to rekindle friendships. So like great friends that you just get out of patterns of communication with. So I really focused on Kevin Rose founder of dig.com, you know, some that, for example, right? Ashton, you know, like some friends, my college friends, the 301, the spot crew, big shout out to Mount Ida College. <laughs> you know, so I rekindled. Um, I got deeper into my kids. So that's been huge. Um, I've gotten very, I've gained, and I've learned how muscle mass has gained. I've probably gained seven to 10 pounds of muscle. Um, I've gotten more sleep. I have business developed at a level I've never had before using LinkedIn. Cause now I have a laptop and I've, you know, I'm doing multiple things at once cause I, I didn't have a laptop for five years at all on my phone. So double screens has made me more efficient. <laughs> uh, but most of all, let me tell you a very thoughtful thing that I think you'll enjoy because I know you now I've taken advantage by even becoming more confident and conviction oriented around my beliefs. I believed because I went through it with 9-11 and the economic crisis, but it had been a long time and the companies and things I was doing were so much smaller than what I'm doing now. It was in my belief that I was a wartime general, that when shit gets bad, I get better. Mm -hmm. This was a real challenge. Vayner, X, my holding company and VaynerMedia, and I have a lot of companies underneath it, fell in the middle. So we got no government support. We weren't small enough, we weren't big enough. We were in growth mode. So we didn't have a lot of profit the last three years. So we weren't sitting on cash. We had multiple major clients say they're not gonna pay us on time immediately the day COVID hit. I had to let go of 80 people, which is all 80 of them sit in my stomach and my heart right now, let alone a year ago. We had to innovate product and services. We did all of those wildly well, including expanding 
starting companies, including investments that I made doing extremely well, including me being wildly right about proper football and basketball and sports cards as an investment alternative alt. So I sit here a year later, happier, more fulfilled, and more successful. The end. Beautiful. Beautiful. Growth. That's evolution. I think that there are people who do well in trying circumstances. I just believe it. I believe that's why there is a term called wartime and peacetime generals. You know, yeah. I think that's why some people are have a plan until they get punched in the face, like Mike Tyson said. Yeah. You know, like, I think I'm extremely good at getting punched by in the face because I think I was punched in the face for the first six, seven years of my life, moving a lot, language barriers, fear of immigration, not speaking the language, getting picked on a lot, losing, 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 losing. Mm -hmm. It became a comfort. Yeah. It's, you know, it's for me, it's um, all my experiences, all the good, the bad, the ugly, all that type of everything that happened to me, I, I, I've welcomed it. I'd, I've loved it because I wouldn't be where I'm at right now. And you know what? I, I genuinely like where I'm at right now. You know, I'm starting to love it. I, like I'm genuinely starting to open up myself and being like, oh shit, this is fucking good. And you know, you don't realize your childhood when you're in it until you actually have kids. And then you're like, and I see my daughter's life. I'm like, yo, there was some bad shit that happened, but that's okay. Cause I'm good. And I don't, I don't dwell on that. And it's and it. This points back to my next thing of, of dreams. Um, I'd love to know, cause you know, I have a, there was one defining moment during, you know, I was working at Sony ATV. I lost my job. It was a great job. Um, and, and I had, I, w I wouldn't say self doubts. I knew I didn't get along with the CEO. I knew that Things weren't happening. And I knew spiritually that something was coming and I couldn't change that thought process. Um, and then one night, when, you know, when I got let go, all that type of stuff. But, you know, me, I'm, I'm, I adapt. So I have more than one revenue of, of income. So I know when one goes down, the other will pick up the pace if I focus on it. And I had this one dream and I, I don't like open doors in my, in my house. I don't know. It must be a respect thing. You know, the doors should be closed. And the utility room in my dream was open and it was, it was dark. So I opened the door. And something grabbed my arm and I couldn't pull it back. And in the dream, I couldn't scream. I couldn't do anything. And I woke up and I was like, oh, you need to let go. You need to let go of that whole situation. You did it. You spent six years. It was amazing. You signed some of the most biggest artists. You had some of the biggest hits. And you need to let go. And the minute I, let, I did that, just things that I weren't even focused on, even though I was focused on abundance, came in. And now I'm in, the, in a process of like buying catalogs of those songwriters <laughs> who are amazing for equity companies and catalogs that I never even would even think or dream about are coming in. And, and I feel like it's minimal effort for me now because I'm, I'm being, I'm floating on the river and I'm going with the, with the flow. The end. That's kind of where I'm at. And I'd love to know about if there's a defining dream or any dreams that you have or any, because for me, they're, they're symbols that they, they break down your whole day, your whole life up to that point. And I'd love to dive a little bit on that with you. It's a great, great question. Dreams, right? Dreams. See, I got Gary thinking. Yeah, not, not that he needs more of that. <laughs> no, no, it's great. I appreciate it. I love, I love thinking and thoughtfulness and pondering. Um, the dreams that get a hold of me are a little different. I, first of all, I think I am as grateful as one can be when it comes around profession. When I tell you my profession brings me zero anxiety ever, ever, 
That is actually the truth. I just don't think money and work and business means anything, even though I am probably one of the most recognized internet entrepreneurs on the planet. But that, that's why it makes you that. No shit. Yeah. Comma, to answer your question. I dream a lot. As a kid, I dreamt a lot about a family reunion in Russia and every time the plane would crash in Siberia and every time it would be a different mix of my 12 relatives who survived with me and then we, we would try to survive and then the, I would always wake up. This was a very aggressive recurring dream. Wow. I dream a lot about um, the health and well-being of my, I think I fear only one thing, the, the health and well-being of the people I love. And so I think when I think about dreams, I don't remember most dreams like most people, but the ones that as you were talking and I was pondering and I kind of paused and said dreams, I realized, huh, pretty much the shit I remember is around extremely negative situations that when I wake up, I'm so fucking grateful it's not true that no matter what the day has in store in me in front, as long as it's not that, I think I got very fucking lucky. I think I grew up in a culture where my parents and grandparents' generation died so young in Soviet Russia. People were dying in their 40s and 50s. Alcoholism, depression. I mean, it's the Soviet Union. I mean, one of the worst regimes in the history of time for humans. Suppression at scale. Um, that I think I'm, you know, I'm so affected by it that it's in my blood, in my subconscious. And it's, it's, it's very hard for me to worry about anything, but like they say in Russia, to good health. That's all I ever heard. Mm -hmm. It's all I ever knew to good health, to good health, to good health. I never heard anybody cheers to prosperity in my entire life. Lou, I, I, I was, wow. you know, I, to this day, and my friends know this, when we do cheers, I, you know, sometimes there'll be like a big deal. You know, I've had some big exits in my career, had some big moments, you know, and some of my American friends are just not even American, like friends are like to, to Resi, our big company exit, or to Gary being on Conan O'Brien or to whatever, right? Mm -hmm. Never. I'm always like, no, 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 to good health. Boom, yeah. boom, yeah. boom. I think it's my religion. And I think... It plays out in a lot of places. And I think uh, when it comes to dreams, I just realized it plays out there too. Wow. And that, that, that kind of brings me on my next point is, you know, uh, I don't know if you've ever dove into the multiverse or any of that type of things of say, you know, what would Gary be doing now if he wasn't doing what he's doing now? And if you've put enough energy, like for example, you said the dream of, of the plane and you, you, there's probably, I know I'm going a bit far-fetched, but and I, but I believe this, there's probably another you who is living that existence, mm. tapping into that cool. existence, you know? So for example, you, and this is why it's so important to me. For example, I wanted to play soccer. Like I, I played semi-pro in the UK and then I got injured and I kept getting injured and I kept getting injured and I can trace it back to my negativity of when I used to start the game is like, don't get injured mm. instead of just being in the game and enjoying the game. And I would always get injured. What would Gary Vee be doing now if he wasn't doing what he's doing? I have two very good answers on this because I'm 
it, 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 this question comes very natural to me. One, I would be a guidance counselor in a school. Wow. I get incredible pleasure, hence back to something we touched on earlier, of providing guidance through words to young people. I love it. It being a guidance counselor in a high school would fulfill me tremendously. Yep. Yep. Number two, I would be, by the way, I'd be the guidance counselor and definitely a head coach of one of the teams that I would be yeah. ravaged and savage, <laughs> you know, on the, on the pitch or on the basketball court. Um, number two, I would be a scientist who went to some remote place like the mountains in Peru studying a very specific narrow species for 26 years in the wild only to come back out and write a book or make a documentary of the pink-tailed goats. I, the, the only other thing I can think of that I enjoy more than pontificating debate to change perspective to lead to more good in the world is the work required to watch to be able to give the advice. Mm -hmm. See, I, I believe that heart. I've been in, what's that? I said the heart. That's you, Gary. I think I've been observing my whole mm. life. Yeah. I think people hear me cut off people on a podcast or talk a lot and they don't realize that 93% of my life is listening. Yeah. You don't see me every minute. You just see, you know, I'm very good at creating content and distributing it on the internet. So you think I'm always talking, but yeah. what I'm actually doing is listening all the time so that my talking has value. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that, I think that's the, your background. That's your upbringing. That's, that's the struggles. That's all that type of stuff because I, I'm the same. I'm always, I'm watching, I'm listening, I'm learning constantly. I'm never not learning. You know, I used to think, oh, you know, when I was younger and I was, you know, we'd have these like mentors. Um, and actually, he was actually pretty good, to be honest. And it was like uh, Bearings Bank, which was one of the biggest banks in the UK. Um, and it was like underprivileged kids. So you had a bunch of us poor kids just running around at this bank. And he would sit there and he would explain to you the fundamentals of banking and money and saving and all that type of stuff. And I was like, holy shit. I said, I, I want to learn how to throw me in a room of these people. And I want to learn how to make money. So I would study how they spoke. And what, how they, you know, how they resonated, what they wore, you know, I'd go into meetings and I'd, you know, dress decently. And I, and then, you know, someone he he was one who actually told me that the two things you need in life when you're taking a meeting is a, is a nice watch and a bag. So I would get a nice watch at the time, which was like a 500 buck watch. But to me, that was a lot of money. And it was like, a, I got this beautiful black briefcase. And every time I would go in, they were like, oh, nice watch and bag. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to make some money. You know, it's funny. Yeah. It's funny. Back to sandbagging myself. I was thinking when you were just talking, I, this is something I've got to figure out because it's fascinating. I, I actually, actually, I'm going to self-diagnose and I have some insight to this. I actually think that I like the process so much that I actually don't want the riches that are associated with my natural talent. That the reason I never wore a suit or got a watch or a handbag the reason I cursed on stage every day of my life when I started my career, when everyone told me I could be one of the great speakers of all time, but I had to drop the cursing, <laughs> was I wasn't willing to compromise what naturally felt happy and intuitively felt right to me for what others perceived would be short-term success. Mm -hmm. Yep, yep. 
or I've literally sabotaged myself to slow down the acceleration of my destiny because I enjoy the taste of the process so much. Yeah. But you know, it's, it's, it's this warped view on what's right or wrong. There, there isn't Correct. one, you know, there isn't one. Like, there isn't one. There isn't one. Like, you know, I actually just read a book on that yesterday. Oh, I'm reading a ton of this, this author called Osho, who's amazing, but he was, he was like the mo- one of the most controversial people since Jesus. And he like breaks everything down from everything pretty much in terms of accolades. It's like, um, he had this one guy who was, uh, an Indian author who wrote beautiful poetry and got no recognition in India. It was terrible. Like, you know, all that type of stuff and then transformed it into English and then won the Nobel prize or was offered the Nobel prize. And he was like, I don't fucking want it. I didn't write it for this. I wrote it because I love doing what I'm doing. And same as you, you love doing what you're doing. So naturally the success, the, the, the financials, the everything else comes with, with the loving doing what you're doing. That gentleman's a little bit more, whether it's pure or to one side, um, I, especially while my parents are alive, I'll take them all. Yeah. I'll take every prize. Yes. You know, I don't, I don't take the prizes that are fake. I get offered all the time to be man of this and winner of that. And, and I know that they're just schemes to get me to buy a table and they're not true and they're not based on merit. Yeah. But, but yeah, I get it. I, I just, listen, I don't mind a trophy. If I've earned it, I love it. That's why I don't like the middle, right? I don't like the judges. I'm not there for the Olympics where the German or Russian judge can fuck me up because that's subjectivity and that's politics. Yep. Yep. I'm here for merit, yep. right? I, I can deal with the booing and the hissing in social media because I know how the movie's going to end. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. I, tell you, Gary, <laughs> I tell you what, you are the shit. Um, I just want, I just want uh, two points for me because it's something that I've kind of stumbled, not stumbled across. I was always raised, you know, my mom was always like, don't buy anything unless you got physical cash for it. So I was always, you know, credit for me wasn't really a thing or credit history or any of this type of shit. And I had to build that up for now. Now I'm starting to realize that my money can be making money for me instead of remaining stagnant. So, you know, obviously I've started investing in, you know, Bitcoin, all this type of stuff. preaching. It's so funny how much similarities you and I have. I'm very similar. How old are you? I am 35. This is amazing. Do you know that I was 30? I was... I was 34 years old when I came to that realization. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, it's, it's, I was pretty much homeless. Everything else from 25, 26. Yeah. Let's stop right there. Actually, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I want to make a huge point for the audience because it's going to be a nice bow. It's because it was our perspective. Yeah. That's all. Yeah. Forget about anything else. Yeah. It literally. Poor poor mom. I was bad. Yours is mom. Poorly. Forget about all that because there's plenty of people poor who, believe in the stock market. There's plenty of people who are rich who believe in say, like it was just our perspective. Yeah. Then we learned and then we readjusted. And guess what? I do both. I still sit, trust me, I'm still an immigrant at heart. I still have a little cash pile that I'll never touch no matter what. Cause if the whole world burns, I need to make that. And to your point, I have crypto and I have cash and I have assets. I even have some tulips in a safe just in case those things come back. So like, you know, I'm with you on that. 100%. It's funny because the, the the harder I work mentally, the less I make it financially. And I'm not talking, you know, I'm, you don't, you work hard, but you meant your mental state is at a point where you, you know, you know, when I was working hard, I didn't know shit. 
I didn't know I was the, the, the working hard was the struggle. You see what I'm saying? So nothing would come in. Now I'm open and I work smart. To me, it doesn't feel like work anymore. It's, it's love. Um, and, and my question for you would be just self-awareness, obviously, boy, oh boy, does that God, if we could get self-awareness and self-love on a pedestal and culture, we'd be in a much better place. That, I mean, that's for me, that's what it is. You know, I don't see for me it is too. I don't see, you know, negativity. I don't see positivity. If it comes in, I can flick it away. It just is. It, it just is. You know, everyone's Listen, I'm with you because, but that, because it's a lack of humility. Yeah. I, and it's also a rise of entitlement. Yeah. But there'd be no confusion, my friend. And entitlement, you know, entitlement is poison. Yes. Yeah. But you see, you know, the, the whole thing, you know, this whole argument of privilege versus no privilege, but a privileged person doesn't know their privilege. That's why it's privilege. A person who isn't privileged wants to be privileged, but doesn't understand that, you know, it's like, you know, because I read all these comments and I have a ton of, you know, not celebrity friends, but people who I sign who are talented people like musicians and stuff. And you see their comments, you know, you've always had, for example, Billie Eilish, you know, her parents are actors and actresses. Oh, she's never struggled, but she has her own struggles. Oh so my God. She, she doesn't, she can't. You ready for this? You ready for this? On the record. Yeah. I think it's much more challenging being my son than being me. Yeah. 100%. Same for my daughter. I would never want that yeah. path because no matter what, he accomplishes because I can already see he's got entrepreneurial stuff. Nobody. So he has to get insular. If he's unable to get insular, he'll always have that as a very big thing that hangs over his head. Yes. Yes. The end. Oh, I don't, I, I think it is so uncomfortably inappropriate to make assumptions of someone else's struggles. Yes. You could see a very rich white male in America and they're like, he's privileged. And I'm like, or he's deeply insecure from bad parenting and he's mentally completely unprivileged. I think the greatest privilege in the world is peace of mind or unmind, how you put it. Yeah, no mind. No, no mind. So yeah. to me, one day they'll be able to show that. You, you can call, one day you can dig me up from my grave, test me for it, see that I was off the charts and then you could say I was privileged because you'll be right. Because this operating system in my dome has given me everything. Yeah. It's, you're pointing to the wrong spot. You're supposed to point oh, to sorry. the middle of Where? your chest. Oh. Heart? <laughs> you know, I just, I'm just very grateful to be on this show, to have the people I care about, to be alive, for all of it. I've got to run, but I appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you, man. Gary, seriously, 